All righty. Welcome back to Chevin's Takes with Chad and Devin. I am Devin here, um, and today we are going to cover the Minnesota Vikings draft, plus a bonus look at the Gophers that were drafted um, in this past week's NFL draft. So the NFL draft happened even during this pandemic. Um, it happened completely while distance, distancing. And I believe the NFL did a phenomenal job with pulling this off. It was super refreshing to see the players in their homes um, with their families throughout this process. And it was also cool to see the setups from our rich and famous GMs and coaches around the league to see how they were set up um, their families in the background. Um, and it was also a joy to watch Roger Goodell in his basement. But it did convince me, however, that he is a robot. Welcome, Chad. How are we doing today? We're doing good. I'm happy to be back talking sports. Um, yeah, I the draft was a wonderful thing to come into my life at, at a time where there's no sports whatsoever. I... Loved it. I love seeing the robotic Roger Goodell in a sweater. That was my highlight. We got to see him in a sweater all three days. It was beautiful. Um, and I really loved seeing the players with their families. I don't think we get to see that a lot. So um, that was pretty cool to watch them kind of experience getting drafted in real time with the people they love. Yeah, I agree. And with all those players getting drafted, we had quite a few Gophers come off the board. Um, so five different Gophers getting drafted. Let's just quickly go through them one by one, see how we like the teams that they wound up with. So Antoine Winfield Jr., second-round pick, uh, 45th overall to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Once again, he was a finalist for the Nagurski Award. Many say he could possibly become the defensive rookie of the year. Some people had him in the first round in their mock drafts. Um, but obviously, the draft board didn't quite value safeties um, this year. We saw Xavier McKinney drop out of the first round as well. Um, so I kind of knew that he would be an early second-round pick after that first night. I think Antoine Winfield Jr. can be a day-one starter in that defensive backfield. Um really depending on it, if we have an extended training camp or how that looks for him. But what do you think about Antoine Winfield to the Buccaneers? I love it. Um, I think he right away fills a need for them. They don't have a lot of all-stars in that secondary, for sure. Um, a lot of unproven talent there. Um, and on the flip side of that, that front seven for the Buccaneers is potentially a pretty dominant um, group there. You've got Vita Vea, you've got Ndamukong Sue. You know, he is a little bit older, but he's still, I think he's still a Pro Bowl caliber player. You got Shaquille Barrett, Jason Pierre-Paul, Levante David. I mean, if anything, those guys will make it a lot easier on players like Antoine and the rest of that secondary to compete at a high level. Um, they provide leadership that I think he can really benefit from. I mean, coming in, to an environment where you've got pros who have been through it all, I think is super helpful, especially if you're someone like Antoine Winfield, who already, you know, his dad was a pro. So he, he kind of knows the lay of the land. He's going to get it quicker than any of the other rookies, in my opinion. And he's going to a team in the Buccaneers that's about to be 
the talk of the NFC, really. So I, I think he really lucked out. I think he's in a great position to succeed, and I'm I'm looking forward to seeing those Buccaneers in how many primetime games? Like five or seven? I mean, they're going to be on TV all the time. Yes, they will be in the spotlight for sure. And another guy who will be joining him in Tampa Bay, um, Tyler Johnson, going in the fifth round, 161st overall pick uh, to the Buccaneers. He was the most prolific wide receiver in Gopher history. Personally, I think an absolute steal in the fifth round. And going to a spot where he is going to be learning and get catching the ball from Tom Brady himself. Um, the greatest quarterback of all time, throwing him the ball every Sunday. A lot of Mondays, too, um, now that he is going into the spotlight in Tampa Bay. He's going to the place um, in the stadium where he played the Outback Bowl, where he had a monster game, over 200 yards in that football game, beating the Auburn Tigers. I can really see him as their third wide receiver. Um, Even with this being said, who knows how many targets he will get in his first year. Um, the Buccaneers and Tom Brady specifically, he loves throwing to his tight ends. Um, Buccaneers have three of those in O.J. Howard, Gronkowski, Cameron Brait too. Three phenomenal tight ends who will get a lot of targets. And he also likes using um, running backs in his passing game a lot too. So even with Tyler Johnson being – a third or fourth wide receiver on the cusp of getting into a lot of games. We'll see how many targets he gets, but I think a great spot to be in um, in Tampa Bay with TB12. Um, they're going to call it Tampa Bay. <laughs> I heard. Yes, well, they are. Yeah. What do you think about TJ in TB? I don't think there is a better fit for Tyler Johnson than Tampa Bay. And like you said, you know, he's he's going to be wide receiver three, maybe wide receiver four, starting out with. Um, I don't think he'll be expected to produce right away. And I think that's something that could really help his growth, you know. Um, another thing, Tom Brady in the red zone, a place where Tyler Johnson is quite comfortable, I think could pay some dividends down the road. Um, you know, one-on-one contested catches. Um, TJ was one of the best in the country um, at the wideout position. So I love that connection. I'm, ex- I'm excited to see that. Um, and like you said, he's playing in Tampa Bay where he had that great Outback Bowl game. I think playing in some warmer weather and, you know, some dome environments too. Um, there's a few games on the schedule where they're going to be um, in a dome. I think that's going to help him a lot. Um, make sure he's not dropping so many passes. So, um, and if anyone is going to teach dropping passes out of you, it's going to be Tom Brady. So I love the spot for him. I think there's a lot of potential there and I'm looking forward to it. Yeah. Very excited for him. Um, person I feel a little bad for is Kamal Martin. Um, (laughs) I'm kidding. I'm kidding, but he is, Going to Green Bay, um, the Packers took him fifth round, 175th overall. Um, some think that this was higher for him, but I like this spot. Um, I think he has more potential um, than guys like Carter Coughlin, perhaps. Um, he dealt with injuries this past season, 
but I thought he was deserving of that fifth round pick with his potential. And the Packers needed help at the linebacker position. Um, I think this fifth round spot puts him in that boom or bust scenario almost for him and the Packers. Um, Could see him playing a lot of special teams at the beginning, but Kamal Martin to Green Bay. Um, Not a far drive for him, but what do you think about him with the Packers? Yeah, I think it's a good fit. Um, I think of Green Bay as as linebacker university, honestly. I mean, you've got A.J. Hawk, Clay Matthews, even Blake Martinez, who they let go of this year. I don't know why they did that. Um, But, you know, in the past decade, you've got all those productive linebackers coming out of Green Bay. Um, So I'm looking forward to seeing what he can do. You know, they have – they have some flexible options in, in guys like Preston and Zadarius Smith. Um, they kind of go in and out. Um, you know, they can play up front. They can cover too. But I think they generally play up front. So there should be some playing time um, in Kamal's future. So I'm excited to see what he can do. Yeah, some are saying this was the Packers' best pick um, of the draft. So happy for him. Um, and we will get to see him twice a year in the NFC North. Carter Coughlin, um, next up off the board for the Minnesota Gophers. Seventh-round pick, 218th overall to the New York football giants. Um, like I said in our last uh, Chevin's takes, it'll be interesting to see where he plays. High motor, um, played a, up on the line a lot with our Gophers. But I think they might push him back to linebacker. Um, new coach over in New York. Um, he was special teams coordinator for the Patriots, so I can see um, him being a key factor in that special teams. Um, and then hopefully he makes his way on the field in a more significant role. Um, but what do you think about Carter Coughlin to the Giants? Well, I like what you were saying about Joe Judge, former special teams coordinator for the Patriots. I mean – I think he's going to get to see a lot of Carter Coughlin. And if there's anyone who will be able to kind of project where Coughlin's growth is going, I think Joe Judge is that guy. So, um, and, you know, the Giants are kind of barren on defense. They don't have a lot of studs. Um, So I think that gives him an ample opportunity to compete, um, even in limited limited trading camp um, situations. The one thing I am a little bit worried about is um, a situation like Blake Cashman got in last year with the Jets. Um, Say Coughlin isn't that day one starter, which I think we both think he won't be. Um, I do get worried about him being thrown out there um, a little bit early and on his own um, without that proper time to develop. So um, we'll see. I think he'll contribute to special teams right away. And I think he definitely has a potential to be a factor for the Giants down the road. Yeah, so those were our four um, Gophers that we believed were going to get drafted um, coming into the 2020 NFL draft. But then we had another one come off the board, and Chris Williamson, um, seventh round, 247th overall pick to the New York Football Giants, so teaming up with Carter Coughlin. Um, it's really fun to see these Gophers teaming up in the NFL. So happy that this kid was drafted. 
I love the energy he brings to that defense, um, energy to the locker room. I think that he can bring the Giants who just seem like they need something to reboot that franchise. And maybe Chris Williamson is that guy that just comes in the locker room and changes that culture. Um, I hope he brings that juice to that team as a rookie and hopes he finds his way onto the field in due time. Um, could be another special teams guy in that Joe Judge um, Giants team. But Chris Williamson, so happy for him. Yeah, me too. Um, I, I was shocked when he got picked. So, so happy. Um, but again, I think he's going to a situation where there's not a lot of, for sure, day one starters there. So I think he'll have ample opportunity to compete. And, you know, it might help that he was on a Golden Gophers squad that was um, such a dominant force in college football last year. I don't think that will go unnoticed. So um, I'm excited for him to at least contribute on special teams. Um, and hopefully he can sneak in a few games there um, in, the, in the Giants' secondary. Yeah, just the fact that the Giants took him in the draft um, instead of waiting until after the draft really shows that they value him as a player, um, and I think he will get his time out there. Um, another few notables that went undrafted for our Gopher squad, Sam Renner to the L.A. Rams, who just released their jerseys, um, and Rodney Smith to the Panthers. Um, Happy for both those guys. Hopefully they can make the squads. But that was five players drafted for our Gophers, the 11th most for any team um, in college football. And I just think that this Gopher team has a lot to be proud of. Um, not only that, Rashad Bateman is in Mel Kuyper's top 10 draft board for next year. And we have a top five recruiting class for the class of 2022 coming in um, in a few or in two years. So just this Gopher team and what PJ Fleck is doing, so much excitement, so much fun to see these Gophers getting drafted. Agreed. I, um, I, I'm really excited about the future. Don't forget about Tanner Morgan, number five on Mel's uh, QB big board right now. Who knows what could happen after a great season or not so great season, but um, you know, the fact that he's getting talked about, too, is really cool. So I'm excited to see what Gophers we put in the pros next year. I think Packers will take him in the first round. But moving on, um, our Vikings draft was – well, we'll get to it later. But we had a lot of needs coming into this draft. Um, at cornerback, wide receiver, both those rooms looked kind of barren um, coming into the draft. A lot of cornerbacks and Xavier Rhodes, Trey Waynes, Mackenzie Alexander, all gone from our team. Um, that left us with Mike Hughes and Holton Hill really commanding that um, cornerbacks room um, of Mike Zimmers. And then we also needed um, offensive linemen. Um, those were our three positions that really needed help. Um, we saw the offensive line really get exposed against the 49ers in our playoffs loss. Um, and then we traded away Diggs for that 22nd overall pick and some more picks. Um, but we really needed that number two wide receiver um, that wasn't 
Tajay Sharp or BC Johnson. Um, that's just my personal opinion. Um, but I also thought we could, before the draft, add some depth at our defensive line, um, specifically our defensive end position with Everson Griffin, um, unknowing where he will end up next offseason. Does that line up with your team needs for our Vikings? Yeah, I think those are all positions we really needed some help in. I think cornerback was the most glaring. I think if you look anywhere um, across the media, um, everyone was saying we needed more cornerback help. We need more people that fit our system. And I think uh, Spielman and Zimmer went out and took care of that while addressing some other needs that, you know, might not have been at the forefront, but, um, you know, just making sure we have depth at some of those key positions. So, um, yeah, I thought they did what they needed to get done. Yeah, I, I really enjoy watching Rick Spielman's um, drafts. I think he has a very specific philosophy when it comes to drafts. Um, I think he loves to trade down gather as many picks and assets as possible. Um, he, and he loves to draft value and team needs, um, which I think are really things that Vikings fans have learned to appreciate. Um, he likes going for fun projects um, in the fourth, fifth, sixth round. Um, we've seen it hit on some players, seen it not hit. Um, for example, Moritz Bowringer from the German wide receiver. I don't know if you remember him. Um, but we took him, I believe, in the fifth or sixth round. Um, he has never seen an NFL field. But we've also hit um, in players like Stephon Diggs, Daniil Hunter, also players undrafted like Anthony Harris, um, Adam Thielen, of course. So I just love the way he drafts, um, and I think he really hit it out of the ballpark again. With Coach Zimmer, we know he loves his defense. More specifically, we know he loves his DBs. He doesn't like to play them necessarily right away. Um, he might have to this time around. But he's used two first-rounders on Trey Waynes and Mike Hughes. Um, and I'm sure that he would draft all the defense in the world if he had his choice. So some, thing, some themes that I want to um, continue throughout the night um, that I think we'll see throughout our draft is one, Zim gets his guy. Zim loves his D DBs. Zim gets his guy. And then my second theme is Rick Magic. Just pulling off his magic cards and just really doing a lot for this team um, and pulling out the Rick Magic. So those are kind of my philosophies for them, and I think they really hit it out of the ballpark with this draft. Agreed. Um, I I can't get enough of a Rick draft. I every year I know he's not going to disappoint. Um, and once again this year, he gave me a lot to be hopeful for as a Vikings fan. Yeah, starting out in that first round, using that twenty second overall pick, we go with Justin Jefferson, the wide receiver from the championship. Um, team in LSU. So this man had a 111 receptions for 18 touchdowns in his 6'3", 190-pound frame. Um, I think he was the best wide receiver in um, playmakeability and 
contested catch situations. He has a huge catch radius um, and just a third down machine. And I think that is kind of where we saw Diggs be a great player. And I think Justin Jefferson, while he might not um, be Stefan Diggs right away, can really mold into that player that we want him to be. Um, got a little nervous with Philly um, in front of us. They decided to take Jalen Rieger in front of us instead of um, Justin Jefferson. But I think at 22, with Justin Jefferson there, you had to take him. Um, I think Cousins needs to give him that chance because we kind of know Kirk likes to play conservative, doesn't like to give his players necessarily a chance unless they are wide open. But I think if Kirk gives it up for Jefferson, he'll go up and get it. And what I really want to see, he has unreal numbers, but he also has unreal dance moves. The gritty is coming to Minnesota. Um, Cam Dantzler and KJ Osborne, who we'll talk about a little later, already scheduled their dance rehearsals um, with this guy. But Justin Jefferson, he's got dance moves. And I can just imagine Kirk Cousins dancing with this guy in the end zone all year long. Um, I think he'll be our number two wide receiver next to our guy, Adam Thielen. And I can see them becoming really good buddies in that wide receiver room. Um, and I just really hope that he becomes a number one and just tears up this league. We can really laugh at the Packer fans um, because they, you know they wanted that um, wide receiver in the first round. But, yeah, they didn't get it. Um, so one thing I will hesitate with is the last time we took a first round wide receiver, it was Laquan Treadwell. And we all know how that ended up. Um, so I'm excited. I don't want to get too excited, but Justin Jefferson with that 22nd overall pick. Yeah, I, 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 I agree with what you're saying. It's, it's really easy to get caught up with a first round talent at the wide receiver position because um, sometimes guys just don't work and sometimes guys just don't work with Zim. And that's the reality. I think that could have been part of what happened with Laquan. Um, We'll see if he can resurrect his career somewhere else. Um, But Justin Jefferson, I don't, I don't know what you can't say about him. Terrific route runner, uh, contested catches. He's one of the best in football. Um, and he's so versatile in the way he can play in the slot or out wide. Um, and I think that's, that's something that Zim has talked about a lot, is he loves the versatility. Um, he's also said that he actually enjoyed some of his touchdown celebrations, um, which is something I've never heard him say ever. Um, so that leaves me pretty pumped. Um, but, yeah. When when the Eagles were sitting there at 21, I was I was biting my nails because I, I just don't know how you pass up on a talent like Justin Jefferson. Um, I think Rieger's much more of a project, more of a speed guy. I think you kind of know exactly what you're getting with Jefferson, and I think that's what was so appealing about him to Rick um, and Zimmer. Because the reality is, whether it's fair or unfair, Jefferson is going in there to replace Stefan Diggs. Um, it's not going to be, you know, probably the easiest transition right away. He's not going to fill that void right away. Um, but I think just in terms of his intangibles, I think he 
in the draft might have been the closest comparison that I could make to Stephon Diggs. Um, and that is a lot to live up to, um, but that's just how much potential he has. Um, and while I think Joe Burrow is also going to be a pretty decent quarterback at this next level, I think Justin Jefferson was a huge part of his success last year, huge part of his record-breaking college season success. So anyone who's a part of something like that um, will make me a little excited when they come to my team. So I'm excited to see what Justin does, um, and I'm excited to see him dance. Yes, sir. Um, and going along with our themes, I don't have one for this, but Kurt got his guy. This time, Kurt got his guy. Um, moving on to Jeff Gladney. So we moved back. Um, Rick Magic traded back um, from 25 for this pick, um, 31st overall, cornerback out of TCU. Good man-to-man. Um, oh, this is Jeff Gladney we were talking about, by the way, um, we took. Um, good man-to-man ball skills. He's really a speed demon, as he likes to describe himself. That is very physical. Um, he's very aggressive, and I just think he fits that perfect mold for a Mike Zimmer cornerback. You know Mike Zimmer got his guy. Um Will he start right away? He might have to. Um, I think he will beat out Holden Hill for that maybe number two cornerback. Um, And he has experience in that nickel spot as well if we need him there. So I think he's pretty versatile. And to show his toughness, he played the 2019 season with a torn meniscus. And he didn't want to have surgery because he wanted to prove himself at the combine. So he held off surgery. so he could run at the combine and show these NFL coaches what he was made out of. So if that's not Zim's guy, I don't know who is. Zim got his guy. And both Jeff and Justin wore purple in college. So I think they're going to fit perfectly in our, on our Vikings team. Yeah, easy transition back to purple. Um, and like you said, I think he will slide in right away because, one, he is Zim's guy. He's physical. He uses his hands a lot. Um, kind of reminds me of a, a Xavier Rhodes, almost, with the way that they're physical. Hopefully he's not as physical as Xavier was because that got us in a lot of trouble um, through some of Xavier's career with us. Um, but we also saw it pay huge dividends. Um, we saw it result in some Pro Bowl selections for Rhodes as well. Um, and I do think that Gladney could be that type of player. Um, One thing you look at is while he wasn't in the SEC or the Big Ten, which we'd probably consider the two um, best overall conferences in college football, he was in a Big 12 that is pass heavy and is using um, its quarterbacks every last throw um, all the time. So I I like that he was able to do what he could do in a conference where passing the ball is the norm and it's the only norm. So I'm excited to see what he can do for us. Um, Again, he's Zim's guy and Zimmer said that. So um, I have nothing but faith that um, he's going to prove to be a great selection out of the first round. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Um, So 
I was very pleased after night one, after that first round. We filled two huge needs for our team um, in the cornerback position and the wide receiver position. Um, so going into day two, um, I thought the team could really use some offensive line help, and we do it with the second-round pick, 58th overall, Ezra Cleveland from Boise State. Once again, high value um, for um, Rick Magic. He was a steal. He um, has a very high ceiling with his very athletic frame, 6'6", 311 pounds. I saw some mock drafts having us take him in the first round. So that just shows the kind of steal that we got in Ezra Cleveland. Um, a lot of people are drawing comparisons to Brian O'Neill, who we drafted in the second round um, two years ago. And he's a left tackle at Boise State, so it'll be interesting to see where he plays. Will he start right away? Will they kind of redshirt him um, off the bat? My ideal scenario for Ezra is he is good enough to win that left tackle spot. We can move Riley Reef um, into the inside of our offensive line and really bolster that offensive line and hopefully make a bigger impact than we had last year. So another value pick for Rick Magic. And this time, Alexander Madison got his guy, his Boise State friend. Yeah, like you said, 58th, but could have gone first round easy. Um, this this dude, 6'6", over 300 pounds. He is a physical force. Um, I love I love the idea that he could slide into that left tackle spot. Um, I think those kind of guys uh, usually do pretty well um, protecting their quarterback when they're that big. I think that can usually help a lot. And he's quick. I mean, he is super quick. Third among offensive linemen at the NFL Combine with a 4.93 40-yard dash. I mean, at that height and weight running that fast, that's a force. That is something that you should not mess with. Um, two years in a row, first team all Mountain West. Um, I know it's easy to say that it's Mountain West, not a big deal, but I, I, think, I think there's some good teams in the Mountain West, whether it's Boise State, Colorado State, um, even Utah State, um, Wyoming. There's some good teams in the Mountain West. Um, we saw that in Alexander Madison's first year. It doesn't matter what conference he played in. He's a force, um, and he's going to continue to be a force. So I love this pick because of what you said. A great value. Um, Rick is always looking for those value spots. Um, and I, I think he's got Pro Bowl potential. I really do. I know it's early, but um, I, I'm excited. I'm excited. You can tell. You can yeah. tell. I'm very yeah. excited. Oh, yeah. And I'm excited you're excited. I think he really fits in well with our zone blocking scheme. I think he will, with his athleticism, be able to get out in space and help out guys like Delvin Cook and his friend Alexander Madison. And he'll have even more motivation to get out there and make some pancake blocks because his friend, Alexander Madison, is coming right behind. And he doesn't want him to be touched. So great pick. Um, a little Boise State pipeline going on for our team. Um, a lot of fun. I think it was a great second-round pick um, that 
Rick pulled off. So moving on to Cameron Dantzler. Um, another guy who I'm really excited about. Third round, 89th overall. Cornerback from Mississippi State. Uh, just a lanky guy that's pretty versatile. Um, 6'2", 185 pounds. They call him the needle. Um, he just kind of – he stings you when he hits you. Um, standing at 6'2", he doesn't have a whole lot of weight on him. But when he hits you, man, you'll be hurting for days like you just got poked with a needle. Um, five interceptions on the year, 20 pass breakups for the Bulldogs. Um, he's kind of known as the one guy all season to challenge the powerful LSU offense. Justin Jefferson had super high praise for him, um, tweeting out, yes, sir, Cam Dantzler is the real deal. So we know that they were scared of him. They felt the impact that he had on that game. Um, and it just really made me like our new young cornerback room um, with taking Cam Dantzler in the third round. ESPN – um, had him as one of their 10 underrated picks who could turn into gems. So that really excites me. I think he has a lot of upside. Um, and Tyler Johnson was always was also on that list, um, which is kind of exciting. But another value for Rick Magic. And Zim got another guy. Zim got his guy. He did. I mean, like, like Jefferson said, I think he is for real. He faced real SEC talent. Think of how many top receivers came from the SEC in this draft. I mean, you've got Jerry Judy, um, Justin Jefferson. I, I could go on. There's so many. Um, but um, he allowed a passer rating of 57 um, throughout the year, which is, was tied for fourth among SEC cornerbacks. Um, so I like that. <laughs> I think we can all agree that that is the real deal. He's 6'2". Um, he's a little undersized um, weight-wise, so he'll probably need to bulk up a little bit. But I think that fills a real need um, with Rhodes being gone. Rhodes was that, was that DB that could um, take some bigger guys, um, you know, cover the, cover the tight end at times, or some, you know, big wide receivers. And I think that's where Dantzler could – um, slide in and make a difference. Um, some of the concerns is that he only ran a four six four at the combine. Um, a lot of people said that was a lot, but that wasn't a good indication of how fast he actually is. And I actually saw that at the Baton Rouge Pro Day, he ran a four three eight, which tells me that his real speed is somewhere in between that because those numbers are there's too much variance between those two numbers. So. Um, I think he's a lot faster than he looked. Um, and like you said, the needle, he's ready to lay some people out too. So I love Dantzler as a value pick at the end of the second round. Yeah, moving on into the fourth round, day three um, of the 2020 NFL draft. We had a lot of picks this day, but starting, it off, starting us off was DJ Wanham, 117th overall defensive end from South Carolina. He was the FBS comeback player of the year, um, standing at 6'5", 258 pounds. He was a physical copy of Daniil Hunter um, when he came, came out of LSU. I knew you were excited to jump at the bit. I just had to beat you to it. 
Um, but we needed depth at this position, and I think we got it in DJ Wanham. 29 and a half tackles for loss and 14 sacks throughout his career. It could take him a year or two to really um, hit it hard, but Andre Patterson in our defensive room will really make a difference for a lot of these guys. We knew we know what he's capable of doing with these defensive linemen, and I'm excited to see what he does with DJ. Um, this is a classic Rick move, getting a defensive end in the fourth round, fifth round, maybe a little project that Andre Patterson can work with and really mold into a great defensive lineman. Agreed. You beat me to it. Um, I am just so excited whenever we can get a guy like DJ Wanham with that raw potential. Um, 6'5", um, you know, just like Daniil Hunter, they are huge guys who probably need a lot more work when they first get into the NFL, um, but they have all those intangibles to be um, successful on that D-line. Um, he was second team All-SEC, too. Um, which doesn't sound like that big of a deal, but there are some great defensive players out of the SEC every year. Um, I would say most of the great defensive players are out of the SEC every year. So um, I think he's a huge value pick. Could he be nothing at all? Yes, there is that potential. Um, like you said, Rick is always willing to take a chance in those later rounds on guys with that raw athleticism that could be something. Um, and I think. If anyone's going to do something with him, it's the Vikings who have consistently shown that they can um, make these guys who have all the potential turn into something really good. So um, love the pick for value once again. Yeah, a few picks later at 130th overall, we take James Lynch. Um, fourth round again, defensive tackle from Baylor. Another absolute steal. This Rick Magic is taking me over the edge. I'm mind-blown what he has done so far up to this point. Um, his tape and his stats are incredible. Um, his testing numbers at the Combine and such, nothing crazy. But does that really matter? I don't know. We will find out. He is the all-time leader in sacks at Baylor with 22. He had 13 and a half sacks last season. While just being a constant disruption to QBs in the Big 12, that heavy pass passing conference, a unanimous All-American, Big 12 Player of the Year. Um, other guys that have won that Big 12 Player of the Year, guys like Brian Arakpo, Ndamukong Sue, Prince Amu Kamara. Like, come on. This is Rick Magic at it again in the fourth round, Big 12 Player of the Year, James Lynch. A stud. I don't know how he was still there. But, like you said, Big 12 Defensive Player of the Year. Like, if, you know, if, that, if that's something to scoff at, then I don't know what I'm talking about because that feels like a big, big deal to me. Um, again, it's the Big 12. It's not the Big 10. It's not the SEC. Um, but, like you said, 13 and a half sacks, um, about 20 tackles for loss. For a guy that big and that strong and athletic, that's huge to me. Even John Randall, Vikings great, told Zimmer and Spielman as soon as he dra they drafted him, that's my guy. So that tells me all I need to know. 
Um, this guy's got a lot of potential. I think he's someone who is going to come into training camp and challenge right away. Um, and I, I'm looking forward to it because, like you said, the tape doesn't lie, and he flies off the screen. So I can't wait. I can't wait. Yeah, we're six picks in, and I think Rick hit on all of our needs, and we still have nine more picks to go. Um, we won't go crazy into all of them, but rounding out the fourth round, um, two picks later, we took Troy Dye, the inside linebacker from Oregon. Uh, 6'3", 230 pounds. He led the Ducks, a powerhouse, um, in tackles for four straight years. This guy has been doing it consistently for four straight years. Another high-value pick for Rick Magic. Yeah, tackling machine, crazy production through his time at Oregon. And lest we forget, last year alone, he played in the Pac-12 championship and the Rose Bowl, performed in both. Um, that's, that's pretty impressive in my opinion. Um, and he's going to be entering a linebacker room with two, you know, pro bowl players in Kendricks and Barr. Um, both went to school on the West coast too. So there's similarities there. Um, I have no doubt he's going to learn quickly. Um, I, it looks like he's already got all the skills to succeed. And I think that those guys, um, we'll make sure that he um, gets to taste a little bit of the knowledge that they have. So I love it. I love taking guys who are super productive at their schools because that usually means something. Um, and he was a great Oregon Doug. Yes, sir. So we ended up having 15 total selections in this draft. Um, we drafted 11 players on Saturday. Seven of them were on defense. And we gained an additional two uh, 2021 draft picks. Rick Magic um, at his finest hour. So I want to hear about a couple of the picks in the fifth, sixth, or seventh round that you are excited about. Well, I have one for you that I am so excited about. And that's Kenny, Kenny Willickies from Michigan State. Um, he won the uh, Burlesworth Trophy last year. Uh, meaning he was the best player who was a former walk-on in college football. Um, so that tells me a lot about his grit, his toughness, his perseverance. Um, he's 6'3", 260 pounds. He is an athlete. He feels like a blue-collar guy, which is what Zimmer absolutely loves to work with. Um, 16 tackles for loss in 2019 as well. Um, he played rugby in high school. I found that out doing some deeper research. Um, and I love that because there's nothing more physical than rugby. Um, and he played running back as well for a little bit. So this guy is a stud athlete. Um, he already has a relationship with Kirk Cousins. They, he attended one of Kirk's camps, um, one of his quarterback camps when he was in high school. Um, and lastly, I really think from what I've seen of his personality um, and just how he plays on the field, I think a Viking great, in my opinion, that he could be kind of like is Brian Robinson. Um, just guys who love to have a good time and love to get after the quarterback. Um, I think he is a steal. I think um, nobody was really talking about him, and I'm so excited to have him in that um, 
in that defensive scheme. I think he's I think he could do some things. Yeah. I think Rick Magic at it again, an absolute steal. You said nobody was talking about him. However, I saw some mock drafts with him in the third and fourth round, and we got him in the seventh round. So just a phenomenal uh, pick there. Like you said, he was a walk-on linebacker, but he left the school, uh, Michigan State, as the leader in career tackles for loss with 51. Um, he was named the team MVP twice, and he started out as a walk-on. And this is Michigan State we're talking about, team MVP um, over there in East Lansing. And I'm excited to see what Andre Patterson can do with this guy and all those guys. Um, I'm excited to see that um, defensive line room, and I think they are going to be nasty um, this upcoming season and for years to come. What about another guy? Anybody else? I, you know, someone I'm very curious about is um, fifth round selection, Harrison Hand. Um, Another guy that we're going to add to that um, cornerback room. Um, He seems like a great guy. And that's one of the things that I'm super excited about. Um, And he seems like he's really excited to... um, be on the Vikings, which always means a lot to me. Um, he originally went to Baylor, then went to Temple. Um, a very productive college career. Um, football runs in his family. Um, he is the cousin of three former college football players um, that played for Tennessee, Maryland, um, and another school that I can't think of right now. But um, – I'm excited to see what he can do. I think he's going to be extra motivated by um, the two cornerbacks that were picked before him in Gladney and Dantzler. Um, And I think he's going to do what he can to prove that he belongs in the same conversation with those two. So I'm excited to see what he can do. Yeah, I agree. Um, 59 tackles, three interceptions over there at Temple. Zim got his guy again. Um, Yeah, another cornerback to add to that room. A lot of rookies um, in that room, and I know like Mike Zimmer likes to play with experience, so it'll be a lot of fun to see um, how he rolls those guys out there. Another few notables, um, K.J. Osborne, fifth-round wide receiver from Miami, a big return specialist, which I believe is needed. We saw that hurt our team this past year. Mike Hughes struggled at times, punt returning. Um, we brought... Marcus Sherrill's um, back into the fold. He struggled. Um, so I think that he can add stability to that punt returning position. We, I think Mike Hughes will have to play a much bigger role in his cornerback position this next year. So, not, so I like him um, as a return specialist on this team. Might not have the biggest impact um, as a wide receiver. But another guy... Uh, the first quarterback taken since Teddy Bridgewater for this team. We got to talk about him. Nate Stanley, quarterback from Who Hates Iowa. Uh, we took him in the seventh round. He reminds me a lot of Mitch Leidner a bit. I, just a guy who has great size, prototypical NFL arm strength, but just never really put it all together. And 
the fans of the team. I know some Iowa Hawkeye fans that after watching him for years at Iowa are saying he will never see the NFL field. We'll see what he does. Um, But yes, first quarterback taken by the Vikes since Teddy Bridgewater is Nate Stanley from Iowa. Yeah. And I think if there's anything you can say about Nate Stanley, um, the Iowa Hawkeyes um, with, with his arm have been pretty good over the past few seasons um, above 500 each year, um, even in some critical bowl games. So um you know, if there's anything you can take from that draft pick, it's that he's going to be a good addition to the quarterback room. Um, and, you know, probably a good guy to learn under um, another awesome guy like Kirk Cousins. Yes. He, they do both seem like great guys. They do. Um, that will get along well. Um, two other guys that I could see making an impact, um, two safeties and Josh Metellus and Brian Cole the second. Um, they could see some time in that safety position with nobody um, behind Anthony Harris and Harrison Smith right now. Agreed. And I will always take a Jim Harbaugh player um, in Metellus. Um, Say what you want about Jim Harbaugh. I think he has done a pretty good job with what he's been given. Um, it's, it's, It's tough to go against Ohio State every year. Um, and come out on top. And um, I'm always a fan of the way that Jim coaches defense. Um, And I'm sure that was part of Zimmer's thought process um, in getting another guy that he can um, mold into something hopefully pretty good. Yeah. Two more guys added, uh, two more offensive linemen added, Blake Brandle and Kyle Hinton, um, really just rounding out our draft class, adding more depth um, to the offensive line. Um, Yeah, our team really hit on all the needs. I absolutely love what Zim and Rick ended up doing um, with this draft class. And 15 of them, that is, they can't even hang out together right now. That is a band of brothers that I think will have a lot of fun in training camp, hopefully, um, coming up here soon. And just a lot of fun to watch that weekend play out. So do you have any bold predictions for this draft class? Um, Anything that you believe will happen this season or throughout the careers of any of these guys? I have a bold prediction for this next season. I think that fourth round draft pick from Baylor defensive tackle James Lynch will be the starter post bye week for the Vikings this year which I believe is week seven I think he's gonna work his ass off and he is going to win that starting spot um, after a few games um, during the season I just think he has all the tools Um, the production is there um, and I I really, I don't love um, anyone at the DT spot right now. Um, So I really think there's a strong chance that he could make that happen. I like that. How about you? I like that a lot. 
Um, I think he will be an absolute workhorse. I think I'm excited to see how his career plays out in purple. Um, I have two bold predictions, and the first is for the first game of the season. Um, I believe Justin Jefferson will be doing the gritty with Kirk Cousins in the end zone in week one against the Green Bay Packers. Um, I can't wait to see these two hit the field. Um, We've seen Kirk Cousins dancing um, throughout the season. I think Justin Jefferson is going to teach him a lot. And we are going to see a lot of fun dance moves throughout this season. What do you think about that? I I hope that prediction is true, just because I will love it more than anything. Um, Kirk needs more dance moves in his arsenal, frankly. So I'm I'm hoping that Justin can help him out there, especially week one. Yes, sir. Um, another. Bold prediction that I have for this upcoming season as a whole, I think Cameron Dantzler, third-round cornerback taken, will have three interceptions um, in his first season in purple. He had five at Mississippi State, um, and he's a tall, lanky guy that can really wreak a lot of havoc. Um, And Zimmer is about to get him right. Um, Zimmer loves molding his cornerbacks into something special, and I think he will work some magic with Cameron Dantzler who is so excited to be in purple. Um, and I could see him doing the gritty um, in the end zone too, because he will be taking dance lessons from Justin Jefferson as all ro- rookies will. Um, so very excited to see how these careers of these young men um, shape out. Let's hear your overall draft grade for the purple. You know, um, I really loved this draft more than drafts in recent memory. I think kind of because I felt like the Vikings were, um, they had their backs up against the wall. There were a lot of picks that they needed to hit on um, and a lot of places where they lacked depth and fans wanted to see some actions taken there. Um, And I really think they hit it out of the park um, as far as that's concerned. So Overall, I'm going to give him an A minus. I think it's hard to give anyone an A, but I'm going to give him an A minus because they addressed their needs in the secondary. Um, they addressed them up front, um, both sides of the trench. Um, they upgraded that wide receiver room with Justin Jefferson, um, and they got a lot of guys that fit what they do best, and they fit Zimmer's style and his philosophy. So I thought they did a great job. Um, Rick will never let me down. That's what I've decided. So um, I think it was fantastic. I really do. How about you? A minus, really. So I think that is the first negative thing that you have said in our three podcasts. So far. Whoa, was that negative? No, it wasn't. Because I am also giving them an A minus. Um, and I'll tell you why. So... I absolutely loved what we did in the first four rounds. I thought we, like you said, we hit on all of our needs. Uh, We had great value. However, I think we could have been a little more aggressive um, in the later rounds. Trading up and maybe we had a plethora of late round picks. um, And I think trading up and hitting on a few more of those high value guys that were still available in the fifth round who maybe had third round grades or so. I think we could have gotten a lot more value with all the picks we had accumulated. 
Um, so that is why I am giving us an A minus. Um, but once again, Rick Magic and Zim Loves for D was on full display um, during the 2020 NFL draft, and it was so much fun to watch. It really was. I, I, I can't wait until it's back. I really can't wait until it's back. <laughs> yes. But hopefully we have an NFL season so that we can see some of these players in action. Um, yes, I agree. We may or may not have fans in person, um, but it is, it is rumored that um, if the season goes on without fans, Kirk Cousins will win MVP and bring a Super Bowl back to Min- or ba- he will bring a Super Bowl to Minneapolis. Um, and I just hope that I'm one of the 10 people that are allowed to go to the parade. I don't know how they will work that out, but I am super excited to see this squad coming up. Um, a lot of fun rookies to play with. And I think we're one of the most talented rosters in the NFL. So we will see how um, Coach Zim shapes these guys into becoming Super Bowl contenders in this upcoming season. Thank you again for listening to Chevin's Takes. Um, we appreciate all of your support. And Skull Vikings. <laughs>